the concept's called overwitnessing in response to this. So overwitnessing would be if you're that person who, yeah, we have a bunch of vegan friends on our social media and stuff, but sometimes some of them you might need to either talk to them or maybe like mute their account and like look at their stuff when you're ready for it because you wouldn't go to somebody's house and knock on their door and show them slaughterhouse footage in their face at 7 a.m., right? But you do open up your phone when you wake up and it pops up on Instagram and all of a sudden your day is ruined because you're a loving person, you're a caring person, and you're naturally going to have an emotional response to it. Now, the- This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. And this is a bonus episode with my guest, Laura Nadia Ajmavar. She's a spiritual life coach certified in fitness, nutrition, and personal training, a Zumba instructor and the host of the Vegan Dharma podcast. She founded Vegans Living with Purpose. It's a free online community designed to unite vegans working to pursue their deepest passions and values, and to empower them through mindset and spiritual modalities. As always, you can find the full bio and the links for each of my guests on our website, which is HealthyLifestyleSolutions.org. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Maya. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I'm very excited. Uh, We just chatted a little bit about your work. And I haven't really had anyone come on on the podcast, at least not recently to really talk about how you can help I want to use the word optimize, but I know that's not necessarily the case, but really to empower vegans to live their purpose to live their best lives, I guess. Um, I would love to start with like learning a little bit about who you are, where you're located, and how you came to veganism. And then maybe we can even talk about your podcast because I have tuned in. And uh, and we'll tell our listeners how they can listen to you as well. Yeah, thank you so much for that introduction. I am here in New Jersey. I have lived here since I was pretty young. I'm actually moving soon to Arizona to kind of escape the cold a bit and go somewhere warm. Uh, But yeah, I felt called out there. And just like with veganism that I felt called to do this thing. So let's rewind a few years back in 2017. The summer of 2017, I was actually uh, doing continuing studies at a university because I never finished my college degree. And I went back to school with my former employer uh, covering my tuition, which was really nice setup for me. <laughs> Finally got my bachelor's degree. But one of the t- uh, one of the courses that I took that summer was health psychology. And the professor had us watch Forks Over Knives, which, as many of you probably already know, is a very effective vegan documentary where it's straightforward. It's about the whole whole food plant-based diet and lifestyle and how it's both preventative and can help get people off of medications and reverse a lot of preventable diseases, heart disease, diabetes, without even any other interventions other than, you know, your diet and fitness and lifestyle changes. So that had me thinking like, huh, I used to think that vegans were like weak, unhealthy people. And here they are prescribing that as a medicine, basically, for these people and look at the results that they're getting. So it just changed that limiting belief I had about what a vegan was at the time. I didn't go vegan yet. But a few months later, I also saw a YouTube video by a woman named Erin Janus on YouTube. She has this video called Dairy is Scary. And it's just 
like five minutes long, very straightforward. It's like, here's what happens in the dairy industry. And I was 29 years old and I thought, wow, I'm almost 30. And I had no idea that cows weren't just a magical creature that produced a bunch of extra milk and we weren't doing them any favors by taking it from them. And, oh, I didn't think about what happens to the babies. And it just, yeah, changed my my mindset. And I thought, why is it that we're doing these things? So it's just so widespread and we have no mindfulness to what we're doing. There's no conscious behavior behind the things that we're eating and putting in our body. And, oh, I had just watched Forks Over Knives and they showed us that we're destroying our bodies by what we're eating as well. So that got the uh, got the juice flowing <laughs> for veganism could be a healthy thing. Huh? This is interesting. But I didn't have that motivating factor yet. Still, it wasn't enough, right? Uh, to To go against what society is doing to go against what my family is doing. Uh, And then my mother actually got diagnosed with breast cancer that September. And she's fine now and everything. But I realized that, you know, life is fleeting. Life is not promised to us. And even though I was 29, I was in pretty good health. I thought, why don't I just do something that I will prevent getting this disease? especially after what I just learned this summer. I'm just going to do it. I don't know anybody that's vegan. None of my family is vegan. My mom herself who had cancer wasn't going vegan. But I thought I'm just going to do this thing because my mind, like the values align there. I have the knowledge that I need. And I had no idea what I was doing at first. <laughs> I went to Whole Foods. And I was getting all the packaged processed stuff, had no idea about nutrition and macros and getting all my nutrients in. But somehow I survived. And uh, eventually I... Uh, through COVID, actually, I came to doing fitness challenges through veganfitness.com, which is led by a team including Nimai Delgado, who's a kick-ass uh, vegan bodybuilder, also just a beautiful soul. And he knows so much about you know fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, and also the spiritual practices. So we were under such a great mentorship with him to learn and change our lifestyle. And I got into it because I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to look good. And I realized there was so much more to be done there. And I call it vegan university now. So I went through, <laughs> I've been doing these challenges for over two years now because I they couldn't get rid of me. All the people that did it were just, it's the best community. It's so supportive and uh, it had great effects for my health. So I have been doing that for two years and while I was doing it, I decided I loved it so much. I was going to go and get my personal training and nutrition certifications as well. So uh, yeah, that's in a nutshell how I started to get into veganism. It was it was all the things really in the beginning. Uh, yeah, health was the first motivating factor. But then when I saw dairy is scary, the, the way the cows were being treated too, I've always loved animals and I just couldn't bear the thought of that either. And uh, now there's been more documentaries coming out about the environmental aspect, like eating our way to extinction is one of them. Uh, there's also one called They're Trying to Kill Us by John Lewis, aka Badass Vegan, that brings up social justice and food insecurity and the way that especially Black Americans and First Nations Americans are treated and systemically uh, weaned off in society based on the food systems and the pharmaceutical industry and things like that. So there's so much. It opens up this rabbit hole, this matrix that you can escape and just build up uh, more and more good practices to feel more aligned mind, body, and soul. And I love this community. And 
I also recognize that within it are people that may subscribe to certain, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's just for the health or it's just for the animals. And it's so important to have a balance between all of them. There's a reason for it. And I think if we can attract more people to it and know, let them know that they're not being judged, like we've all been there, we understand. And, you know, we're not all angry and judgmental. <laughs> so it first takes you taking the step to stop being angry and judgmental towards others, because nobody wants to join a friend circle if everyone's just going to be sitting around and complaining and being mean to each other, right? Like, they want to join the friend circle that's having fun is laughing and having drinks at the table, whatever, having a good old time. Make, having genuine conversations and not talking about the same things over and over again. So I found that passion in, hey, this is a, its own form of activism, is just being happy <laughs> and aligning yourself, your values, your actions, your words. We have to live it. We have to be that change. And like I said, we're not going to attract many people to the movement if it's just you are wrong and this is the right way to do things. It has to be more than that. It has to be about joy. It has to be about inclusivity and coming from a place where we truly do love and care about other humans because they're animals too, you know? So I created that free online community because I wanted a safe space for everybody to talk about that and to give them permission to focus on themselves as well. Like if you aren't doing what you love and what fulfills you, then you're going to be out of alignment and then you're not going to be as happy. And then maybe your health is going to suffer and all these things tie together. So where does it start? It has to start with you being healthy, being aligned. And that's what Vegans Living with Purpose is about. I just hopped on a live a few hours ago here and I like to drop in different things like meditations, breath work, journaling prompts, uh, talking about various spiritual modalities and also things like, you know, plant-based recipes and opportunities people can join like online meetings and uh, entrepreneurs and things like that to join the community together in a place where, you know, when you go in there, you're not going to be seeing a cow getting murdered. You're not going to be seeing uh, people fighting with each other about whether a product is vegan or not, because there's more important things in the world. And we really deserve more than that than to go around being the vegan police. So <laughs> that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when I was in my mid-20s, when I was much younger, I was very involved in the church, in the Christian church. And so when I first got on board, it's kind of like becoming a vegan for the first time. You want to tell the whole world that Jesus Christ is the way, you know, <laughs> at least, you know, as a Christian early on. And I would do some street witnessing as well. I was very involved. I guess I was a form of activism <laughs> for what I believed in. And, um, and and then, you know, once people joined the church and I became very involved, not only was I a member, but then I became an employee. So I was staff too. So I would see other things. And then I started to see the judgment. I, and, and, you know, I'm saying it from my own experience. I don't really want to focus on religion right now, <laughs> but you, you start to see how, oh, so-and-so of the church is doing this and that, and then, and then the scrutinizing. And when we initially wanted to bring people on board for a purpose of helping them, right? At least we believed in terms of salvation. Suddenly, now we're attacking for not being perfect. And, and that's kind of like, I think that's why things don't affect me that much in the vegan community because I've already been through that. I, I was, I went through that 
through religion. Um, so I stand back and I watch groups and I watch judgments and, um, and I hear things and I want to understand where people are coming from. Part of it, and I'd love for you to, you know, help me with this, but I, part of it, I wonder if it's that once you are aware of animal suffering, which has always been prevented, like we've been blocked from that. It's been hidden from us how our food is produced, how the animals endure torture in a sense um, so that we can enjoy them as food. So once we wake up to that reality, there's this agonizing pain that we feel uh, of, of knowing that it, it continues. Not only did we contribute to it, but now it continues. And so for some reason, we send, we feel like we cannot be happy because there's still other beings. Other beings are still suffering. Do you think there's that psychological component to this? Oh, absolutely there is. And I had the pleasure of being able to interview Dr. Melanie Joy, who's a vegan psychologist. Um, I mean, she's not a psychologist for vegans, but she is vegan and a psychologist. And her work, I have one of her books right up here, which is called Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows. And that was one of the pivotal works that I found myself in the beginning being that angry vegan and feeling, I think the key thing is that you feel powerless against it. It's like, I'm so small, the world is doing this and I'm trying to change it and I'm using my voice and I'm trying to get people to go vegan and it's not working and it just makes you feel horrible. And of course we feel that urgency because we know, you know, I, won't, I don't have the numbers on my head, on, off the top of my head, but it's thousands and thousands of animals dying, you know, at consistent rates. And it's painful because at any given moment, if you stop to think about it, that suffering is occurring and it makes you feel powerless. Like, what can I do? Because this is so urgent. I have to do something right now. And it doesn't feel like you're doing anything when you allow yourself to slow down and be happy. It feels selfish, right? Because, hey, there's suffering going on out there. And who am I to be happy when they're suffering, right? But how is that going to solve the problem by you making yourself miserable? Like you said, when you become aware of it, when you've seen the slaughterhouse footage, when you're uh, when you're brought into the reality of what's going on, it's like that's what you need. That's all you need to decondition, right? To understand what is actually going on, what's objective reality versus what's being sold to us, whether it's from what society is doing, what our uh, family traditions are, cultural traditions are, the advertisements on TV everything we're being sold. I like to always ask you, like, who's profiting off of this, right? Um, so once you know, you dig, uh, you dig under the layers of all of the social conditioning and the marketing and uh, people that just, they don't care about your health. They're just making money off of you. And they're perpetuating things that already exist. They don't want to change anything because it's complicated and it means they're not going to make as much money. Once you peel that away, then why do you need to continuously remind yourself of it? And Melanie Joy does such wonderful work in educating, especially vegans, on how to be an effective advocate and activist without making yourself miserable. And she also explains how uh, the concept's called overwitnessing in response to this. So overwitnessing would be if you're that person who, yeah, we have a bunch of vegan friends on our social media and stuff, but sometimes some of them you might need to either talk to them or maybe like mute their account and like look at their stuff when you're ready for it because you wouldn't go to somebody's house and knock on their door and show them slaughterhouse footage in their face at 7 a.m., right? But you do open up your phone when you wake up and it pops up on Instagram and all of a sudden your day is ruined because you're 
a loving person, you're a caring person, and you're naturally going to have an emotional response to it. Now, the problem is when that emotional response gets in the way of what we're actually trying to accomplish. And if the goal is to spread veganism, to help other people be healthy, and that means, yes, their physical health, but also their mental health and their spiritual health, if we're looking at the footage and then we can't have an objective conversation with them, we can't be happy around them. And when you're happy, you know, you're inviting them into your your energy, your good positive energy. They want to spend more time around you. You actually end up repulsing people, repelling them away from you because you're angry, because you're sad, and because you also want something from them so bad that you're willing to force it on them. And it has to come from their own decision. And you can have an influence on them. You can have an impact on them without having to fight, without having to argue, without having to be so angry. And it's okay. I'm not saying emotions aren't okay because I cry about this stuff too. I get angry about it too. Uh, But I just try my best not to take it out on other people because they didn't choose this lifestyle. It was something that they were born into. Pretty much everyone, right? Uh, So I just bring up Dr. Joy because she is so good at describing these things in an objective way and in a scientific way where it follows the psychology of if you want to convince somebody, like, here's what you actually need to talk to them about. And so she's got a YouTube video up as well. Uh, I think it's about like 15 minutes or something. And I think it's, uh, it's called like every vegan should watch this or I don't even remember the name. So uh, maybe we could look that up later. Yeah, we'll look it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she she has this one exercise, this mental exercise that she poses to people, which is, and it's for non-vegans too. Uh, and she doesn't get emotional in it. It's just a posed question of, hey, imagine you're sitting down to dinner and your friend gives you a delicious juicy burger, you know, great bun, maybe the one with the sesame seeds on it, some fancy sauces, all that stuff. You bite into it. And they tell you that's actually a golden retriever puppy that you're eating. You're immediately disgusted. You spit it out. You get angry at your friend. Why would you ever make me eat that? Well, if that's the case, then why don't we have that same reaction when it's a cow or a pig or another animal? Why is it okay to eat some animals and not others? And from that perspective, instead of you saying you can't eat that burger, it's horrible that you're eating that burger. We're not placing blame on anyone. We're asking the question of why does this even happen in the first place? And why are we mentally okay with it? And then beyond that, you're like, wait, are we mentally okay with it though? And it peels uh, peels below those layers to let us know that we're not okay with the way things are. We've been conditioned. We've been, in many cases, lied to. We've been forced. And over time, you if you want to function in society, if you want to have friends, if you want to have a job, there's a lot of things that we've been forced to compromise on that don't align with our values. And part of the reason that I'm so passionate about this is, yeah, for the animals, yeah, for the vegan movement. But when you have these things that don't align in your body, it can manifest in disease. It can manifest in your own anger, can manifest in so many ways that you don't even understand. And I come across this with my clients all the time where they have something going on like anxiety or depression or even a physical ailment. And once they go through the life coaching or also modalities like therapy and change their diet, get some exercise, get some sunlight, there's lifestyle changes that they can make. And they realize that at the root cause of it, 
It's because they were living a life that they weren't able to align their values with their actions. And yeah, before I did this life coaching thing, I was actually a quality engineer. (laughs) So my job was literally to diagnose essentially the root causes of problems that would happen at the company I worked at. And the main tool that we would use, so I would do like interviews with, say, an IT team after something went wrong uh, in a program. And I would use something called the five whys. Because when we think about why we do stuff, we tend to just get the surface level, the symptom. You know, you can relate this to Western medicine as well. A lot of times you you have a headache, you take a aspirin, right? No, now it's like you have a headache. Did you drink your water? How did you sleep? What are you eating? You know, are you stressed about anything? There's so many questions that you can ask. And then once you get the answer to that one, ask why that's happening. And then when you get that, ask why. Keep asking why until you can't get uh, down to any more whys. And at the base of it, a lot of times it's something you wouldn't expect. Like, oh, my mom used to make me do this. Or uh, I don't like peas. I don't know. I'm coming up with random things, but you never know what the root cause is unless you actually take the time to go into the depths and ask yourself these questions. And um, so it's interesting what what I do, you know, it's so, so much like, yeah, I have the spiritual life coaching. I also have these fitness nutrition certifications. I have my background in all these different jobs that I used to work. And uh, I'm able to tie together (laughs) these things that people might say, like, well, I believe in science, so you have to follow this. And, or I, you know, I don't believe in science. Everything is faith-based. And the truth is there's, there's truth in all of it. It's just that we, sometimes we're misunderstanding it or we're looking at the wrong, uh, we're not looking at the root cause of the issue. And these things do tie together. They are relevant. So when, when I say I like to meditate, I like to journal, I like to do breath work, uh, all of these things that are like spiritual practices, we put that label on it, right? It's not just because of the spiritual aspect of it. It's because that's also what helps me achieve my physical health. And how did you come to this whole spiritual aspect of yourself? Um, You got into tarot reading and then just working with energy, it it sounds like. Uh, Did this come about at the same time as veganism or it's always sort of been part of who you are? That's such a great question. And I mean, we're all spiritual beings, right? Even the most 3D physical world of us all. <laughs> the the world, the earth itself, like just look out the window. Everything is spiritual. Everything is carrying energy with it. Everything is meaningful, even if we don't think about it sometimes. Uh, so I think I've, already, I've always kind of had that in me in some way. And where I've become more conscious of it was through COVID, actually. And I... I love that question of if it happened at the same time as the the vegan transition. And I'm sure there was unconsciously, subconsciously something spiritual going on there, but I wasn't really that aware of it. When COVID happened, however, and we were all forced into isolation and lockdowns and uh, whether you liked it or not, you were looking at yourself and your habits and your values and your relationships and everything in your life. And uh, what if I didn't have this anymore? What if this changes because of the pandemic? What is really important to me because now that we're in isolation and luckily a lot of us aren't anymore, but it's still happening, right? Um, It makes you reevaluate, like, what do I need to do in this emergency situation to maintain my health and my well-being? And mental health became such a uh, 
so more at the forefront for people that may have ignored it in the past. And with that, it's hard to go into the mental health aspects and therapy and journaling and uh, self-care practices without getting into some sort of spiritual component. Uh, so I remember when COVID started, so it was March, April, 2020, and somebody named Jay Shetty was going live on Instagram every day doing meditations. And he's a spiritual leader. He used to be a monk. He has an amazing book called Think Like a Monk. I highly recommend it. Very easy, especially if even if you don't think you're spiritual, it makes bite-sized chunks really easy to understand. Um, but yeah, so he was going live on Instagram and I would join and do the meditations. And I knew that like, maybe I kind of liked meditation, but I didn't know how much until I started doing that. And I started looking forward to it every day at the time I was still working remotely for my old job. And it gave me like a sanctuary away from this thing that I didn't realize was stressing me out so much that didn't align with me that I felt like I was putting a mask on every day and forcing myself through the motions. And then I would have the sanctuary time, even if it was just 15, 20 minutes, where I felt more like myself. I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I felt at peace. I felt like I was accepted for who I was without even having to do anything. And I wanted more of that feeling. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I got his book. I went into more of his offerings. I found other spiritual leaders to engage in practices with. And it just kind of snowballed from there where I realized that there was more to life than this nine to five job that I was just doing because I thought I had to, to maintain my appearance or what's it called? Saving face. And I'm like, well, who am I to leave a job in the pandemic while everybody's struggling? And what, I had no idea what my future would look like if I did that. So I actually, <laughs> I waited until I could no longer function. Basically, I got so depressed because I became aware that there was more, but I didn't take any action on it. So my body knew, <laughs> my body knew that something was wrong and that I needed to change. So it sent me into depression. And from there, I had to leave the job. And I was really upset about that at first. But a few days later, I felt amazing. <laughs> the weight was lifted off my shoulders. I no longer had this obligation to be this completely different person just because I thought I had to. And from there, I was able to, you know, and now I have the time too because I wasn't working at the time. I had the time to actually sit down and think about who am I? What do I want in life? What's important to me? Where do I go from here? And not be rushed through that process. So with that, I basically, my life slowed down it slowed down. I realized we're always rushing around and doing this and doing that. And everything's a to-do list, like check, 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 check. And we're just going through the motions. A lot of us We're on autopilot and what direction are we going? Like, yeah, we're going really fast in that direction, but do we, <laughs> do we want to go to that destination? Where do we actually want to go? So I was able to take a step back and reevaluate things. And that's when I started getting involved in the coaching atmosphere as well. So I had a coach. I ended up joining a coaching certification program last year. Uh, like I said, I was doing the vegan fitness challenges as well. And I didn't know at the time that there was a spiritual uh, person behind all of it as well. And the more people that I came into contact with that shared values with me, uh, then it was more than just you know meeting up for lunch at a vegan restaurant and talking about plant-based foods. It was 
more than just uh, going and, and doing an animal rights protest. It became about like, who am I in this life? Like, I am an important person. I have a purpose here. I have what's called your dharma, your soul's purpose. And it's unique to me. I can't just copy and paste somebody else's method and have it work for me. So it forced me to do some difficult work and reflection and realize that I was meant to eventually become this purple haired spiritual life coach that I am today <laughs> so that I could use uh, the things that, that I'm good at and really help uh, attract people towards what they're good at and what they're meant to be doing. And yeah, so that's it in a nutshell, I think. The amount of work that you do on yourself really reflects in terms of uh, how you can work with others. You're only as effective as how deep you're willing to go within and doing your own work. Um, and then, you know, then you can be more effective if you allow yourself to be vulnerable. So you're not just the expert, but you're also understanding who you're working with as well. So during this time, then, as you came, you know, you awakened to um, things that you were still dealing with, which happened to me as well. Is this when you developed your program or you, you went into coaching and then you decided, oh, I want to work with vegans this way? Is that how it happened? Yeah, essentially. And before I answer that, I just want to reflect something that came up with, in response to what you said is that why are we vegan? You know, like applying that five whys I mentioned, like, why are you vegan though? Like you may say it's for the animals, but why is it for the animals? And then you go deeper, maybe you realize it's because you're compassionate, because you care. And then from there, I think it might be easier to then extend that to other humans, right? Uh, but yeah, so I decided that I wanted to work with aligned clients. So uh, there's good coaches and bad coaches, they say, but to me, not really. It's just that there's people that work with those that they don't actually relate to, that they don't actually aspire to be like or don't have a lot in common with. Um, and I just find that it's really important that you have an aligned relationship with whoever you're working with, whether that's a therapist, a coach, uh, a mentor, a guide. And like just going to someone, it's so easy to say like, oh, they're the best at this. Well, maybe they're not the best for you. Maybe you would be better going with somebody that's less uh, popular or uh, maybe somebody, maybe you're looking at low cost options. Maybe you need a higher price coach. It, it came to me that who I work best with is usually people that are already vegan, <laughs> that we have aligned values, that we understand each other. We're able to have that open space and not judge each other. Um, I tend to appeal more to women, uh, more to women around my age and a lot of people that are like, I'm a, a Dharma coach. So it tends to be a lot of people that are looking for their purpose. Maybe they're feeling stuck in the job that they're in right now, or uh, they don't have a job or uh, whatever it may be where they're just feeling like maybe life is kind of on autopilot or they're feeling stressed out and like their, their spiritual self is really awakening and calling for more. And I help all types of clients, but the ones that typically come to me are vegan women. <laughs> and I love that. And they're the ones that I can relate most to because I'm a vegan woman myself. So essentially, I uh, I do take clients of uh, various backgrounds and demographics, uh, but that's who tends to come to me and who ends up being the most aligned where we're like, yes, we definitely want to work together. 
So now your podcast, uh, like I said, I think you're a natural. I think you're pretty good at it. And so you said it's fairly new. You don't have a lot of episodes out. But the ones that, you know, I've listened to you, I think typically in every episode, you set an intention so that you're present. You're sending good energy. Tell us how that got started. And it's called the Dharma Podcast. Yeah, thank you. The Vegan Dharma Podcast. And thank you so much for your support. So I figured, why not do this thing? <laughs> why not talk about veganism and Dharma, your soul's purpose in the same sphere? And I'm like, well, if I'm only going to bring vegan guests on, like, how am I going to get guests? And I, sometimes it's about figuring out what it is that you're meant to do and letting the universe fill in the blanks for you. Uh, and I happen to be lucky enough to seem to attract all these people on social media where just every day, every few days, I just meet another person. I'm like, wow, you're so interesting. I should have you on. <laughs> just want to hear about like how you got involved in spirituality and how you got involved in veganism. So that's kind of how that got started. Uh, but it's funny, like with this whole, uh, this whole uh, arc that we're on about mindfulness and getting into spirituality, getting into coaching, I distinctly remember, I feel like I have this journal right here. I remember writing in my my journal like uh, two years ago during COVID diary of a badass vegan, by the way. Um, <laughs> remember writing nice. something about <laughs> maybe one day I'll have a podcast. And another thing that I did, uh, was it last year, early last year in 2021 was I thought maybe one day I'll go to the grand Canyon. You know, I put it on my vision board and I would look at it. Maybe I can do that. Maybe someday. And then one day I'm like, well, why don't I just do it? <laughs> like what, what's preventing me from doing this thing? And again, like that five wags, the root cause analysis, just ask yourself like, and be objective about it. And I realized it was just in my head that I thought like, oh, well, you have to have all this stuff planned and you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's like, but I don't, like I can just hop in my car and go. So I <laughs> did the same thing with the podcast. Like I, uh, what I'm referring to is that I actually took a road trip for my birthday last summer. And that's part of why I'm moving to Arizona now. Uh, I just hopped in my car and I drove in my little Prius down to New Mexico and Arizona and had a grand old time. And I loved it so much. I'm deciding to move there. So yay! <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so the same thing happened with the podcast. I, uh, I just thought, what is, why am I putting this uh, pressure on myself that I have to do this or I have to do that? Like, why don't I just get started? Or why don't I reach out to a friend that has a podcast and ask them some questions about what they're doing? And after I did that, I realized it wasn't so scary. You know, there's a lot of people out there that they just, you know, you, know, you have Google now too. You can just look it up on how to do it. And I waited until I knew what I wanted to talk about and the colors of the brand came to me. The name of the podcast came to me and it felt aligned. It felt right to me. Uh, and the only things that I was worrying about still were technical stuff. And from there, I'm like, okay, well, now I need to just plow ahead and do this thing. And it was really important to me to make it my own. So I have like <laughs> really long intro song, but I'm like, I'm not going to shorten that. I'm just, I'm going to do what I want. And I'm like, well, why don't I, whenever I do these uh, episodes or when I zoom with anybody, like do a video chat with anybody, I tend to try to slow us down and breathe together and set an intention. And I'm like, well, why don't I bring that into it too? So I put that in the intro. And then I was thinking about all the rules for podcasting and what a good interview is supposed to be. 
And I thought, you know, why don't I just ignore the rules? <laughs> Again, it, a lot of this rebellious stuff going on, uh, gentle rebellion. But I thought, what do people actually want to or need to listen to that is authentic to me? And I realized I would constantly be having conversations like the one I'm having with you right now that I would just think like, wow, somebody, so especially my vegan friends, they would love to listen to this. This is so interesting. And instead of trying to get on and have a perfect list of questions to ask and uh, or have somebody like an expert on to explain everything, like, why don't I just talk to them as I do in these conversations where I have that moment of everybody should be able to experience this conversation. This person's opening up. They're so passionate. And yeah, so that's what I do now is I just uh, bump into people usually on social media or people that I'm friends with or people I know that are doing beautiful things and are very passionate and, and uh, purpose-driven. And I bring them on my podcast and I release those episodes. And I'm sure in the future, I'll release more content that are like solo casts where I'm talking about certain subjects and guided meditations and things like that. But for now, they're all interviews as well. It's interesting that you said they're mainly interviews because I was thinking, oh, well, you just seem like you just have so much to say. Like, yeah, you would have more solo, like just (laughs) because it comes natural to you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) So... Yeah, very nice. And so uh, out of curiosity, uh, when you move to Arizona, are you moving to Sedona? Is that where your your goal is? I probably would if it wasn't so dang expensive. But (laughs) no, I'm moving to the Phoenix area to a place called Tempe. Not Tempe, although I might call it Tempe just for fun. Right. (laughs) I I grew up in Arizona. That's why I ask. Yeah, my family's still there. Um, but I was always drawn to Sedona, even as a child, which back then, um, you could literally drive through Sedona and it was just roads. Like there wasn't much now it's like overly congested. Like I, I had thought about going for Christmas or maybe Thanksgiving and my sisters were like, don't come like (laughs) you're, you're going to hate it. It's bumper to bumper. There's nowhere to park. Like it's just too much. So, um, I feel like in a way, like I lost my Sedona, but I still love it. Um, I feel like there's such good energy in Phoenix, period. Like every time I land, when I visit my family, I just feel like I'm home. Like I just feel so well grounded. There, There's a reason why they call it the Valley of the Sun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just really love the energy there. Um, so that's really nice. That's great. And so now kind of coming back to your vegans living with purpose, uh, because I... So I'd like to learn more about that. Like, what is your ultimate goal? So and how's it going right now with your online community? Are people signing up? What kind of conversations are they having? Yeah, thanks for that question. And and Sedona is beautiful. I'll probably be hiking there for my birthday again this year, which I'm super excited about. I can't wait to get to Phoenix. Um, so yeah, so Vegans Living with Purpose, we have over 200 members so far. And We talk about everything from mindfulness practices. So like today, I was talking about the full moon (laughs) and astrology and the moon and how it affects us and our emotions and our moods and some practices that you could do to call in the energy of the moon. And I also talked a little bit about how I used to think that astrology was was weird and BS (laughs) and how I changed that belief and actually how that ties into a similar mindset block that prevented me from going vegan originally because it was just something that you I didn't know. I, di- I lacked the knowledge on it. So I had that judgment there of I don't believe in this thing. And then I realized 
well, what do I actually know about it? Like, shouldn't I know what it is first and know how it operates before I decide whether I want to reject it or accept it? And sure enough, you know, here I am. <laughs> Anything I end up learning about, I, I just grow so much more appreciation and acceptance for uh, maybe the, op- the the only thing that would be the opposite of that is like the meat and dairy industries and pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. But uh, generally, when it comes to these mindfulness and spiritual subjects, anything that I end up learning about becomes more and more fascinating, and I feel energy from learning it. So I like to share about that with the the group, and they tune in to live videos every week. We talk about how to be an effective vegan advocate or activist and how to maintain your own mental health and well-being while you're being a vegan and trying to to get out there and be effective but also knowing that just being yourself is enough like how beautiful is that when you realize you just existing in the world as a vegan is activism and i try to impart that on them all the time and we talk about things that we can do to be more okay with the way the world is more okay with ourselves and then eventually be more than okay, be confident, be happy with who we are. It seems like it's a very supportive group. And um, and so what what kind of things do people say in terms of their purpose? Do they feel that because they are vegan, that's the whole purpose is to spread the word? Or do you guide them towards being more vegan? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I try to do a little more of that. Because even for me, I tend to be a perfectionist by nature. Like, hello, I used to be a quality engineer. It was literally my job to detect the tiniest of errors and, and analyze all these things that in the long run of things didn't really matter that much, as much as I hate to say that because it was my job and I cared about it. But we focus, sometimes we focus on such minor details and then we leave out the Dharma, we leave out the purpose and the intention. And yeah, so that was a beautiful question about what do people describe to be their Dharma in the group? And some people, it is the primary focus of their life. A lot of them feel that plant-based nutrition and spreading that for from a health perspective is part of their dharma. Like a lot of them have uh, friends or family members or themselves have gone through a health issue and they're very passionate in preventing that in other people by advocating for preventative lifestyle interventions. Uh, And then there's other ones that it's more about the animals. So they're passionate about going to animal sanctuaries and engaging in animal rescue efforts and raising money for animal rights. And then others, it's about the environment. It's about saving the earth Um, And then some of them, their dharma has nothing to do with veganism at all. They just, it was a happy byproduct of who they were. And uh, there's everything from like, you know, some people, it's not even related to a career, right? Because it's not about what you're doing. It's not about a job. It's about what your soul is yearning to do in this physical realm. More of like how, why it's doing it, how it's doing it, right? Because like right now, I would say probably a prevalent thing that I'm doing is communicating. I've become very powerful in communication. And I'm (laughs) comfortable in saying that now after many years of not thinking that about myself, I'm here to connect with people. I'm here to communicate with people. I'm here to inspire people and get deep, get, uh, get into the emotions, get into the spiritual stuff, the uncomfortable, and make it more comfortable. So you see how that's more, I'm not just a life coach. Yeah, I do coaching. But how do I do coaching? Why do I do coaching? That's the Dharma underneath it. So for some people, the Dharma is not about a job at all. It's not about even what they're, uh, what they're doing out in the world. For some people, it's raising a family. For some people, it is doing art 
painting, singing, like none of these things are requiring you to be a certain career or pathway. It's about what are you given? That's a unique gift to you that hopefully it's also of service to the world. And they always are, by the way, <laughs> even if you can't see it, even if you don't understand how it's of service to humanity, when it's meant for you, it's always going to be of service and it's going to spread joy and purpose and meaning to others around you, even in your invisible sphere of influence. Yes, that makes sense. Sort of like, um, even if your purpose or your dharma is just to be, just to exist, just to be here. Um, it's that reminder of just being here because of all the other distractions that we, we have in our lives. Um, they really take us away from experiencing life. And life can be draining if you don't protect your energy as well. Yeah, absolutely. And especially self-care is so important. Like j even just that one thing that you said about <laughs> self-care not being selfish and that you're no good to anybody else if you're not being good to yourself, that itself can take years years to let yourself do that, to give yourself permission to not feel guilty about it, to not feel selfish. And it's amplified, especially if you're a woman, especially if you're a parent, you have uh, other people relying on you, especially if certain types of jobs. There's so many pressures that we put on ourselves. And it's like, how much of this pressure and weight is really yours to be carrying? And how much of it is you inflicting on yourself or just recycling things that, again, society has conditioned you into, or maybe your upbringing, like how you're raised is very relevant. And even things like what you watch on TV, what you're listening, which podcast are you listening to? So probably you have a, a decent mindset if you're listening to, the, to this podcast, because you're into self-development and health and taking care of yourself. But we have to remember that the majority of the world doesn't operate that way. They just see this is what I'm supposed to do and expected to do. So I'm going to do it. And there's no excuses otherwise. And like you said, some people's dharma might just be being themselves and just being like letting themselves experience joy. And that might trigger you when you hear that. That might sound selfish. It might sound like, who are you to just do that alone in solitude? That's not helpful to anyone. But you know who it's really helpful to? All of us that think that way, because <laughs> when you see that person saying they're doing their own thing, maybe it's like, you know, a monk uh, out in a monastery and you're like, why don't you ever interact with society? And you're just there alone, isolating in joy and meditation. It opens your mind to the possibility that that's a way of being, that that even exists, that it's possible. <laughs> and it's so beautiful to be able to expose yourself to different types of people, different life paths, different uh, demographics, different problems that people have, and realize that we're meant to go through things for a reason. We're different for a reason. And I'll circle back to that question that I said I always ask of, like, who's making money off of you? Because the harsh reality is, uh, without getting into too long of a <laughs> sidetrack conversation. Um, part of the reason that things are the way they are, especially in Western society right now, is based off of dating back to the Industrial Revolution, back when we decided, well, you know, society decided that they could make money and be more successful and produce more if they instilled, installed a certain type of uh, work environment. So that's where the whole nine to five, you know, kind of like sacrificing yourself for the good of the, the company thing came into play. And so many people do it, the majority does it, that we just take it as fact that that's how you're supposed to live. That's how you're supposed to work and operate. But actually, that was something that was designed by 
the powers that be, you know, elites, companies, the government to get the most out of us. But how do we get the most out of ourselves? And that could be for some people not having a job. That could be for some people doing as little as possible to protect their energy. Because a lot of us are out there just running the rat race on autopilot, doing what's expected of us and thinking, we're tricked into thinking that that is the most helpful way of existing in this world. And we have no idea what the gifts that we have are. We have no idea how to amplify our energy and let that loose and how nice it is to be around people that are free of that conditioning and can, it just feels like a warm hug. Like you feel lightness when you're in the aura of somebody like that. Like I feel with you right now. And if you want to get there, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It does take some hard inner healing and what we call shadow work in the spiritual community. Like it takes that stepping out of the matrix. Like we mentioned it with uh, going vegan. That w- wasn't a fun transition for most people, <laughs> right? Because a lot of us, we did it when we learned the harsh realities of the world. So some of it, it hurts. It doesn't feel good while you're going through it. But the end result of deconditioning yourself and becoming more authentic and aligned is going to have ripple effects both to you and everybody around you. So yeah. um, So if people are interested, I don't know if we talked about your programs, how people can uh, sign up for your programs um, and anything else that you're offering. So how can people learn more about you and your programs? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I, I know I went on some uh, tangents there and spiritual things and different topics, and it all ties into the lifestyle, right? Because we have to ask ourselves, what is the root cause? Why are we not living a healthy lifestyle? Why is that not more available to us? Why is it not normal? So all of these ideas, whether you uh, resonate with them or not, it, it all ties together. So I appreciate you for stepping outside your comfort zone and allowing me to express that. And people can get in touch with me. I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me vegan Dharma coach, Dharma's D-H-A-R-M-A. And I have vegans living with purpose in the Facebook community. So you can actually just go to veganslivingwithpurpose.com and it'll take you right there. You can tune into the vegan Dharma podcast. And also hopefully mm-hmm. we can link to my calendar where you can actually book a session with me, uh, whether you're interested in getting life coaching or you want to actually book a reading with me for the spiritual work right. that I do. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has been really nice. I love your your branding, your colors. Um, definitely the, they convey that spiritual part of you. Um, and, and I thank you so much. And I'm going to be tuning into your podcast as well, because I really enjoy your energy and what you're saying, what you're sharing as well. Aww. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maya. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave an honest review as well at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. And as always, thank you for being a listener.